Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. We've been in this series talking about Jesus, and today I just want to share with you again this kind of idea about Jesus that you maybe hear glimpses of every once in a while, but I actually think it's a part of the greatest story ever, and it's the story of the Lamb. I think when you take a look at the Bible and then you step back, what you find is, is you find this common thread. You find this theme. You find this little character called the lamb laced throughout the entire book. As a matter of fact, it's kind of tucked away even in Genesis. In the creation story, of course, you know that uh, you have the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Of course, they disobey God's sin. And when God actually confronts them, he's like, hey, what happened? What did y'all do? And they start blaming one another, which I find really, really fascinating. I find that the creation story is really uh, the story of humanity. It is a story about people who discover their own sense of free will and choose to do wrong instead of right. And then when God actually says, what's going on? What did, what did you do? Well, because you got to admit that what the guy did is brilliant. God looks at Adam and says, what do you do? And he goes, well, the woman that you gave me. She tricked me. And then, of course, God looks at the woman and the woman says, well, actually, I, that, that snake over, that talking snake over there told me. Anyway, it's a really kind of crazy story. But at the end of the story, it says that they're very aware of their own nakedness for the very first time. And it says that God takes an animal and takes the skin of an animal and covers their nakedness and their shame. And so you see, even in the creation story, there's a sacrifice. There's an animal that dies so that humanity can be covered. Now, fast forward, we don't even know how many years, uh, up until this story called the Exodus. So 3,500 years ago from today, roughly, is this story called the Exodus. It's where Moses goes into Egypt, and all these Jews are slaves in a foreign land. And they're crying out to God, God, would you save us? God, would you deliver us? God, would you please rescue and help us? And God says, of course. And so what God does is that God intervenes into their story with his story. But this is what he tells them to do. He said, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to sacrifice that lamb. Now, this gets strange. So just bear with me here. He goes, you're going to every year from this day forward, celebrate something called Passover where you take a lamb. But on that night, I need you to take the lamb. And I need you to take the blood of the lamb and put it outside on your doorpost, on the left, on the right, and overhead. And what happens is, is that when judgment comes over the land, that you'll be saved and you'll be rescued because you're underneath the blood of this lamb. And sure enough, they're saved and they're delivered because of this extraordinary event. And, and again, what I find fascinating is, is that it wasn't because they were church going. They didn't have churches. It wasn't because they were all pure or good or holy or worthy or any of those things. It was just that God said, look, it ain't about you, but if you'll get underneath the blood of that lamb, that, that's the key. And this fascinating story unfolds. Now, can you imagine, again, what, what would Adam and Eve had said after this event? What would the Jews have said after this extraordinary event? Can you imagine? Because you got to remember about a million Jews get released from captivity and they're walking through the desert back towards the promised land. Can you imagine somebody bumping into and be like, hey, what in the world is going on? Do you know what their story would have been? It would have been this. It would have been, I was a slave under a sentence of death, but I took shelter under the blood of the lamb and escaped that bondage. And now God lives in our midst and we are following him to the promised land. 
That would have been their story. And you would have been like, what an incredible story. Now, again, fast forward another 1,500 years in human history. And you find something fascinating going on. Is that Jesus, on the same weekend as Passover, this annual holiday that they celebrate every single year, he comes into the city Now, again, he'd been preaching and teaching and doing miracles and healing people for three and a half years. But the time had come and he enters into the city and the religious leaders and the the Romans, they all plot together to crucify Jesus. And sure enough, on the same day that they would have been sacrificing countless lambs, it was the same day that they sacrificed Jesus. Fascinatingly enough, they would have done it the same way because on that ancient night of Passover, they were told to take a lamb and to not break its bones, but to put it on a cross and to consume it all. And that's what they did to Jesus. They literally took him, made him carry a wooden crucifix all the way to Golgotha down what we call the Via Della Rosa, and they would have crucified him on that day. The reason why they took him off the cross, normally they would let you hang there for as long as they wanted to, for you to let, uh, you know, for you to let everybody else know, hey, Rome rules and don't mess with Rome. But because of Passover, it was their custom to say, hey, we don't leave bodies up on Passover to disrespect the Jewish people, so we'll take the body down. And so they pull the body down without breaking his bones. Sure enough, there is blood on the right, on the left, on the crown of his head, You see this incredible imagery. And of course, we know, again, three days later, he rises from the dead. Now, what's fascinating is the disciples' reaction is is incredible. You have to remember when when they arrested Jesus and took him, all the disciples fled, except for one. There was one guy that actually was hanging around. They were all running scared for their lives. But yet, three days later, they see a risen Jesus, and it changes them forever. This is one of the things that we look at, and you have to really question, and you have to really ponder, is why did the church ever become... What it is. Why did the church ever even start? Why did it ever begin? And it began with a group of people who were willing to die, not for what they said they believed, but for what they said they saw. There's a huge difference there. A lot of people, a lot of zealots, a lot of weird religious fanatics, they will die for what they believe. The disciples didn't do that. They died for what they said they saw. And these, these, these men that were afraid and cowardice, Three days later, they see, when you look, when you see somebody rise from the dead and he tells you he's the son of God, anybody that can again predict their own death and resurrection, you just believe what they say. You're like, I'm going with that guy. And so these disciples are radically changed and they start this thing called the church, which again, there's no reason for the rise of the Christian church, except for these people were founded upon this idea that they died for what they said they saw, not for just what they believed. And had you asked one of those early Christians, why are y'all gathering? Why are y'all meeting? Why are y'all worshiping? Why are you doing what you do? You know what they would have told you? They would have said the same thing. They said, well, I was a slave under a sentence of death. But I took shelter under the blood of the lamb and escaped that bondage. And now God lives in our midst and we are following him to the promised land. That would have been their story. See, Jesus saved you. See, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that Jesus paid it all. That's how you escape the bondage. That's how you escape the slavery. That's how you escape death. It's nothing you can do on your own. It is what Jesus has already done for you. And all you're doing now is saying, I'm just, look, it's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm perfect. It's not because I'm holy. I just need to get underneath the blood of the lamb. And these are two of the greatest stories in all of scripture. And you know what? My story is not that different. Your story is probably not that different. See, I remember being a lost teenager 
I remember growing up going to church, but never liking religious things, never having any personal connection to God. I didn't know if it was real or not. And so I just did what teenagers do. I start exploring. I start experimenting. I start running around with friends doing things that end up causing pain and suffering in my life. And I eventually reached a point in my life where I remember feeling so lost, so empty, so meaningless, so purposeless, so just lost. And I remember not knowing much, but knowing enough, sat on the edge of my bed and I prayed a little prayer. It was the most innocent prayer in the world. And maybe you should pray a prayer like this, hopefully one day. And it was this, God, I don't even know if you're real, but if you are, I really need you in my life because without you, I don't think this life is worth living. And from that point forward, I began a journey of trying to discover who God was. And I went to church and I went back and I started reading the Bible and I discovered this incredible story. And if you would have asked me just shortly after praying that little simple prayer, you know what I could have told you? I could have told you this. Well, I was a slave under a sentence of death, but I took shelter under the blood of the lamb and escaped that bondage. And now God lives in my midst. And I'm following him to the promised land. Now, fast forward somewhere into the future, and we have no idea how this will culminate, but here's what you need to know. You need to know that at the end of all things, the Bible says that when we gather together in heaven, that we actually celebrate something called the marriage supper of the Lamb. See, God's story is really the story of the Lamb. It's about from humanity's inception, God covering humanity with his own sacrifice. It was about God delivering people from slavery because of a sacrifice. It was about Jesus taking on the sin of humanity as a sacrifice. This is why when John the Baptist, that old prophet, when he first saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Really, you and I are just watching the story of the Lamb at an airplane view. From the moment of creation, to the deliverance of Israel, to the story of Christ, to my personal story, to what the, what the prophet John said, that when we get to heaven, that what we celebrate is something called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And here is my hope for you, is that you let the story of the Lamb and your personal story converge. Because one day what I want is for us, because this is, you got to picture this. Actually, the Bible says that the way that we get into heaven is that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how strong your faith is. It's not about how great your church attendance is. All those Jews living back there in Egypt, I guarantee you, again, they weren't perfect people. They weren't wonderful people. It wasn't about that. All they had to do was come underneath the blood of the lamb. There's a guy hanging next to Jesus when he was being crucified. The Bible says that there were two other thieves or criminals crucified next to him. One of them is angry and cursing and yelling, but the other one looks to Jesus and said, Jesus, when you get into your kingdom, would you please remember me? And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. This is just my guess. I don't think that guy was at church every Sunday morning. I don't think that guy was a good guy. The Rome was killing him because he was a bad guy. And yet Jesus is simply saying this. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how bad you are. 
It's about simply about coming underneath the blood of the lamb. See, I want your story and the story of the lamb to converge. I want your name written in the lamb's book of life. I want us all to gather today or to gather in the future in heaven. Because the Bible says we gather together for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people group in the entire world, we will gather together. And you know what? When we gather together at that great marriage wedding ceremony and whatever the heck that looks like, you know what we will all be able to say to one another? We will all be able to say that I was a slave under a sentence of death. But I took shelter under the blood of the Lamb and I escaped that bondage. And now God lives in our midst And we are with him in the promised land. Would you bow your heads with me today? I just want to invite you. Because I think that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is inviting you. He's saying, hey, I don't really care how strong your faith is. Because actually the strength of your faith is not the issue. See, you can have strong faith in a weak object. That's bad. But you can have some incredibly weak faith in a strong object, and that's good. Jesus is saying, I don't care where, how, how strong your faith is. Just take a step. Just come. Jesus is not saying, hey, how good were you this week? Do you measure up? Are you worthy enough? And are you good enough? You're not, and I'm not, and we're not, and it's okay. That's not the point. The point is that the story is not about you. The story is about the Lamb. It's about the fact that God came down and sacrificed himself. He took on sin and death and pain and punishment so that you and I wouldn't have to. And in light of that, now he's inviting you into a relationship with him. He's inviting you to say, hey, look, there's a lamb that was sacrificed. Will you partner your story with his story? Because this is the greatest story ever told. So today, if you're in here and if you have never said yes to Jesus, maybe you've never taken a step towards Jesus, then I want to encourage you to do that and make like this bold step in his direction. Again, it's not about how good or bad. It's not about how great or weak your faith is. It doesn't mean it's just you saying, Jesus, I want to take a step in your direction. I recognize that you came and that you died on my behalf and your blood was shed. You took it all so that I didn't have to. The reality is, is that every human being owes a debt that they can't pay. But Jesus says, I'll pay a debt that they don't owe. So would you come? Would you come? It's as simple as that. Would you come? Jesus is inviting you saying, yes, just, just come. Just go, come and get underneath the blood of the lamb. Come and get underneath that sacrifice. Come and accept what I've done for you so that your name could be written in the lamb's book of life. And then one day we celebrate together. And so if you're in here today and you'd like to say yes to Jesus and take a step in his direction, then on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. It's just between me and you. It's just a symbol between me and you so that we can connect, so we can pray together. So if you need to say yes to Jesus, If you want to be saved, if you want to be delivered, if you want to be rescued, if you want your name written in the Lamb's book of life, then on the count of three, slip that hand up in the air. One, two, three, and pop that hand up in the air. Yeah. Hands up all over this place. Stick it up. Keep it up. Yeah. Incredible. Stick it up. Keep it up. Incredible. You're just saying yes to Jesus. You're just saying, yes, God, I thank you. Yes, God, I believe. Yes, God, I want to get underneath the blood of the I want to be protected. I want to be delivered. I want to be saved. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. Jesus, I'm with you. So here's what I want us to do right now. So for those of you who raised that hand, especially if you raised it for the very first time, 
then I want you to pray a prayer with me. Like, you, you know, everybody can look up here at me now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat it after me, and we're all going to, like, the whole church is going to do it, so you're not alone. You're not, you know, trust me. All the people that are praying this prayer, they already prayed this prayer, and they're super dope and excited that you are praying this prayer. So we're all going to do it together. And this is a prayer of us just expressing that step in God's direction. It will go something like this. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and change my life. I need you. I need your help. I need your love. I need your protection. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need it all. I believe that you died for me and rose again. Lord Jesus, would you help me to know you and to follow you today and every day for the rest of my life? It's in your name that I ask these things. And we all said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.